podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Yeah! Get Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me, the podcast that provides the fans' point of view on all things Northampton Town Football Club. I'm Charles Commons and this week it's an intimate affair because it's just myself and Danny Brothers. How are you, mate? You okay? Hello. Good, good. Even more so the fact that it's an intimate affair. Oh. That's nice. We've got a candlelit meal to discuss the game. We do indeed. Although I have turned the brightness of these uh, candles up to max because I am absolutely shattered and very much in danger every time I blink of my eyes not reopening. So, <laughs> so if you suddenly drop off the pod, then you know, <laughs> yeah, basically that is exactly chat. it. It's been a very, very, very busy weekend for me, and yeah. now it's Monday night. All I really want to do is hit the hay and go to sleep and recuperate yeah. once yes. more. You're pretty much as tired as the Cobblers players looked on Saturday, by the sounds of it. I think so, yes. I imagine that this is how they all felt yeah. on the day. It was certainly how they how they looked. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. I just want to start the pod by just kicking off and, and thanking all of our Patreon members who came out with me and Neil on Saturday night to 10-pin to do some bowling on Saturday after the game. It was a really, really good night. Um, Superb to see everybody in the flesh and not just in our community uh, on Slack, which was was just absolutely full of love and joy and amazingness it was, Danny. It started off bright and early, straight at full time. Not everybody, but the vast majority met in Cars Bar for a... A pre-bowling drink, post-match. Cheeky drink, yeah. Yeah, no, cry. And um, (laughs) then we headed up to Tenpin, had another drink in the Walter Toll because there was uh, too much time in between Cars Bar closing and and Tenpin beginning. And uh, and then we went bowling for the evening, and it was lovely. Really, really good night. Had lots of fabulous bowling action on show, not least from uh, young Matthew Sammons, Oh uh, yeah, you see, yeah, he was my favourite going into it. I've got to say, it's, it's easy he? to say in hindsight, but I was like, I, I bet Sammons has got some tricks in his bag. Oh, I, ex- I almost expected him to turn up with his own bowling bag and glove. <laughs> but it, I assume he didn't go that far, but no. he's, he was one of my early favourites, so I was, I was glad he lived up to it. Yeah, he was, he was very good. I, I mean, I did have them all scared. Um, <laughs> straight away because my very first bowl was a strike. Oh, straight and- in there. And I also did it where I basically I let the ball go, I let the ball go, and immediately turned around, didn't even bother watching what happened. <laughs> full well, you know, it was a bit like how when footballers say <laughs> that as soon as it left their foot, yeah, they knew it was in. That was basically how it felt. I knew oh. as soon as I'd done it that it was a strike, and I was just like, "Yep, there you go, everyone." <laughs> That's what that. I did. Was it like you know when Eric Cantona scored the goal against Sunderland? And he's just turned around and just raised his arms slowly because yes. he just knew it was going in to top bins. Yes, it was. It was 
pretty much like that. But I think I think it was Matt Salmons that actually got the most amount most amount of strikes over the course of the game uh, through everyone because we had three lanes because there were like fourteen of us, oh. so we had three lanes. And yeah, it was it was really good fun. And Melly joined us from Australia too. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had his uh, he had a go. He wasn't very good. No. He got two spares, and that was it. <laughs> Literally, that was it. Doesn't surprise Robert. me to be honest. <laughs> I mean, but he, anyway, he was upside down as well at the time. So yeah. <laughs> indeed, he was having to throw backwards. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> stick to your cooking in your ovens, Melly. <laughs> seven of us. Uh, but yeah, it was a it was a lovely, lovely evening mm. and one that we hope to repeat at some point soon. So if you'd like to be involved, then head over and join our community at patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. It, it, it's just five pounds a month, and that obviously goes towards uh helping support the making of the podcast, but it also gets you lo- loads, loads of extra bonus content such as the midweek reviews that we do every time that we have a Tuesday night game now we me and Danny get together and we chat about that game that's not something we really get the chance to do for the main pod so it's out there on the Patreon Uh, there's the League One Lounge which is our regular weekly look at everything else in League One and what goes on Um, and and loads of other stuff including of course the community uh, that we use Slack to um not mon- monitors the wrong word we used to bring everyone together <laughs> in a yeah. digital setting it, it works really really well it's lovely and it's great because everybody talks about you know the cobblers on you know around about match days and then loads of other things get talked about throughout the week it, it's yeah. really good and you know when you see them all come out in the flesh as well in person it's uh it's even even better and it reminds you how you know how good it is to have a little community of Cobblers fans that have come together basically because of the podcast, which is which is great. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to join, mm. podcast.com, no, patreon.com, sorry, <laughs> forward slash Cobblers to me. Uh, go and have a look. You get a seven-day free trial as well, so you might as well go and have a look, eh? Yeah, try it. Yeah. You get our... If you if you just pop in now, you'll still get hold, or you will anyway. You get hold of the midweek review from last week from the Charlton mm. game, which was an enthusiastic affair from, on the podcast. Certainly was. Probably more enthusiastic than <laughs> what you're about to get now. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, it's a rare occasion when I don't actually go and watch your game back from from your WhatsApp messages on Saturday. I didn't make it to the game on Saturday or or the bowling sadly, but going by yours and Neil's and Jeffy's messages. On Saturday, I was looking back through them and I was like, I, I don't think I need to go and watch this back to get a feel of what I'm going to be needing to talk mm. about on the pod. I've gone back and watched the highlights before we potted tonight and I was just kept waiting for the cobblers to have a chance. <laughs> it was like, all right, maybe we'll have a shot in this highlight. Nope. No, that's them again. That's them again. That's them again. Oh, spring it. No, that's them no. again. Because <laughs> was that literally, was it all it was? Was Tony Springett's shot? Was that our only real kind of effort on goal? I think I think from memory, Sam Hoskins did blaze one on the turn with a left-footed like half volley or volley that mm. went, yeah, blazing high and wide. And yeah. that was about it. I, I don't really recall many other chances for us. Obviously... Shrewsbury win the game 2-0. If you if you don't know that, then there you go, you do now. Sorry to spoil the surprise. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, it was an all-round, I would say, lethargic affair. When when you this is the thing, right? Is when you come off the back of that Charlton win, which was just, you know, 
brilliant all round, really. I mean, I know that there were there were points when we were under the not necessarily under the cosh against Charlton, but we were certainly the second best in terms of possession in the second half up until they're sending off, really. But you know, when you've come off a, a victory like that, that was such a high, to then go into this and and what we ended up witnessing was was just very very almost back down to earth. <laughs> Yeah, and we've we've game. had them sort of scattered through the season as well, haven't we? The, mm. this, this kind of game where we've come off the back of a really good result and we've come into the next game and just not really showed up and been a bit tired. Like, you know, Port Vale potentially was one of them games, the first yeah. half at Bolton. The Derby completely just, we didn't turn up in that game at all. Um, and then Stevenage obviously on Boxing Day as well, which I get the feeling this was a similar kind of thing to Stevenage where it was more... You know, a lot down to the opposition as well. So you, we've got to give Shrewsbury their props as well because they've come in and obviously give, got that new manager bounce that everyone talks about. It's a bit of a cliche, but they've we kind of expected it. And after Tuesday night, I kind of got a little bit of an inkling about, oh, you know, is this going to be one of these again? And we we have, to be fair to us, responded really well to them throughout the season. So it's mm. it's just a case of can we bounce back when we go to the top of the table, Portsmouth, <laughs> next week? <laughs> Yes. Who, who hammered us three <laughs> 0 um, earlier in the season? But it's yeah, it, it's it's it was it sounded like a little bit of a missed opportunity as well because mm. we've stayed the same distance or ish distance between us and the top six, which obviously we, you know we're not really talking about anyway. But it, it just well, would have been really, no. no, I mean it, it would have been really nice to get that win and to give us a little bit of a carrot, wouldn't it? But you know it 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 sounded to me from everything I'm reading for the reports that it was one of those that's one game too many for the injuries, the tiredness. Yeah, I, everything I like think that. that is a fair, fair you know, view of it, to be honest. Um, it, it, as soon as you, essentially, it felt watching the game like we just didn't have a midfield. Leonard was essentially having to do everything and mm. therefore he wasn't effective like he normally is because essentially he wasn't being allowed to. And I think... Uh, and I don't. I'm going to talk about Will, Will Hondemark now in a way that's going to sound like I'm putting all the blame on him. I'm not necessarily, um, or at least I'm not doing it in a way that I kind of go, "Oh, he's rubbish and he should never play for us" or anything like that. He's he's just not the type of player that works in that system without a McWilliams or a Sowerby. And that was the issue: is that we've then gone and got you know Mark Leonard, who loves getting on the ball loves creating and, and and making us tick essentially but in order to get the best out of him first of all I think further forward we've we've talked about that a lot him being you know higher up the pitch is always a lot better and a lot nicer but the one other thing that really helps him is having like McWilliams or Jack Sowerby with him because they constantly make themselves available for him to give a short pass to, to then move and find a different bit of space that is maybe, you know, more space, you know, whether he's not being as closed down as quickly or he's able to then, you know, pick a better pass to move us forward. Hondemark just seemed to not do that and therefore it didn't help our cause. And I mean... I, I actually can't remember a moment where Will Hondemark stood out and did anything that was effective and and wanted to 
sort of push us forward. Like I've got, I can't remember which game it was last season. Might have been Carlisle. He was dead on his feet towards the end of the game. He was out on his feet. But he still managed to sort of drive the ball with the ball at his feet, drive forward. And like I think if he'd have been more or been less tired at the time, he would have slipped either Bowie in or somebody else in, and it would have been a great chance. I think we were two on one at the time, and maybe his pass just didn't come off. I'm sure some people will remember what I'm talking about, even if Danny's face suggests that he doesn't, <laughs> uh, as I look at him right now. But there was none of that. There was nothing from him that suggested that he was going to have an impact on the game. And sadly, it just meant that it felt like we were light in, you know, pretty much the the the, the part of the pitch that we needed bodies the most. Because, again, as you said, Danny, you've got to give Shrewsbury credit because they came and did an absolute job on us. They knew that... I, I think they probably knew, I think Paul Hurst probably knew, with it being his first game in charge, he won't have had that long to implement anything new. So he probably just went back to basics, and I yeah, think that's yeah, exactly. what it looked like. Yeah, yeah Back to that. basics, man mark, close them down, keep them you know, away from being able to make those passes that you know delight us so much and get us going forward and attacking. And they did it really, really well. I think John Guthrie actually said in his post-match interview that the Cobblers basically failed to live up to the physicality and to match the physicality of Shrewsbury yep. on the day. Mm. And I think that's that's exactly it. It never felt like... Well, it felt from the start like Shrewsbury just wanted it more. They were there on us at every opportunity. And it was almost like they were they were really fighting for the points. And I think they probably did only come for a draw, but the longer the game went on, the more and more Shrewsbury were the only team really in with a chance of winning it because they were the only ones creating chances. And we'd had a couple of, you know, chances that went their way that that should have been warning signs, or they were warning signs for, for me watching the game because I was thinking we've not had a shot here yet or we've not, you know, troubled them whatsoever and yet they've just managed to go and work a really nicely well 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 worked chance mm-hmm. and they not they weren't carving us open necessarily at will but you know they were they were creating the odd chance more than we were and it was worrying yeah. Yeah, and it's that it goes back to that that we've talked about it all season. How important that Sowerby McWilliams role is, and how important it is to go and get someone now in the window in the next few days, if we can, if that's possible. Because and we'll probably come into it in a sec, but that role is so pivotal to us because of what it allows other people to do. That plus a team coming at us. I mean, we we potentially it sounds weird, but we might have got away with it a little bit more against more of a kind of free flowing footballing team. Because yeah. you know we, we it can allow Hondamart to kind of do his the thing that he's good at and get him a bit further forward and stuff and not have to be hugely responsible in that DM position. But when we come up against teams like this, I, I think of Carlisle in the second half. Think of Stevenage for the entire game. Physical team, team are going to come at us and not stand off. That's the type of team we always struggle against. Even Barrow in the cup, right? Um, in the mm. FA Cup that kind of team who are going to come at us and and really be physical and really press their game onto us. We struggle against when we lose control of a game or don't have control of a game. 
and it all comes from that part of the pitch. It's something we we need to try and find a solution somehow. If it means a centre back going in there, just to just to do the dirty work. If if mm. that's what it takes, if we can't sign a player, stick a you know just, get Manny Monte in get there. Manny Monte in there, middle of the foot, but that <laughs> kind of just tell him, tell one of them, Monte or Willis, go in there, stand the there, scrap, man. and get be the there. anchor. Yeah, get yeah. Tyler McGlure in there, crying out loud. <laughs> I've been talking about it for months. On one leg, <laughs> on one leg, <laughs> <laughs> he can he uh, hit the ball away with his crutch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't Isn't think that when Tyler he got is still on crutches, by the way, anyone. No. Just, it's a joke before anybody but, now goes and takes that as a rumour <laughs> to say that he's still injured for like another decade to come. I don't know. It was just a joke. Oh. It, it, I wanted to just very, very quickly sort of almost pick you up on what you were saying about us coming up against physical sides. Mm. Because being a Northampton Town fan for the last, what, four? Well, maybe not so much last season, but, you know, four or five years... One of the things that opposition managers have always talked about with us is how we are a physical side. And it, it feels just alien almost that we should be out-battled and out-muscled and out-fought because that was our bread and butter for so long, really. Mm. And yet now it's almost like we've gone to this nicer, more attractive way of playing. And lost that physicality at times. Yeah. And that's that's definitely a worry. But I mean, I, I, I think it comes down to more just a case of being not having the right bodies in yeah. you know in the game, essentially. I don't I I would love us to go out and sign a you know midfielder, a a, a DM so that we can shore that up mm. while you know we're going through this. But at the moment, we've got We've got our five, you know, match day loanees that we're allowed. So if you go and get somebody in on loan, then that means one of the others has got to sit out and won't make the squad, which then doesn't do the relationship between our club and the parent club of the player that you leave out any good because they'll be going, well, we sent him there to play games and to learn and he's not even making the match day squad. That's not particularly good. Um so that doesn't seem likely. If you're going to go and get a you know a player that's on the free transfer list, i.e., is unattached, are they going to be fit anyway? Is it not going to be just another case of a player that will need three, four, maybe even five games to get match fit, and therefore, you know, you're basically paying wages to somebody that isn't quite ready for first team action. I, I can't see that happening. And then the other side of it would be to go and actually pay what will probably be an overinflated price during the January transfer window for a midfielder that will be fit, hopefully match fit as well to go with it, but won't necessarily be a first choice when you get the likes of Sowerby and McWilliams back. I just, there's, there's too much in my mind that just says we won't go and do that for all of those reasons that I've just yeah, mentioned above. I, I just think we need to because it's so important. It's so important to to what we do. You, like you lose a centre-back, we've got another centre-back to come in. You lose a striker, we've got another striker to come in. We, you lose a goalkeeper even, we've got another keeper to come in. But that kind of exact role is so important to how we play, like the most important position in the in the pitch. Um, so I just think we've got to, we've got to try and do something before Wednesday, like whether it's, 
remold someone else that we've got at the moment. Whether it's I like that idea another, the most. I think actually, just remold let's, someone. Just let, get Paddy B in there. I mean, <laughs> who get, get Paddy? No, don't do that. Because uh, it I needs know. to be someone who can who can scrap, who can be physical, and mm. who who can pass the ball and move it on. Um, which I, mean, I don't. You, oh, I don't know. I'm, I was looking at the bench. On I mean, Abin Bowler is probably the one that you think of when you think of physicality, but again, he's, he's quite attacking. Is he, ball, though, I think I think the issue with Abin Bowler, though, is that it is his physicality. I don't think he is strong enough for that, well, for League One football. I, I think it's very... <laughs> while we're talking about Abin Bowler, he was... he would Where we sit in the West End, we're basically right in front of the corner flag yeah. uh, down at the north end of the ground, aren't we? And... It's where all the subs go to warm up and do their warm up routines. And quite often, me and you, Danny, will, will remark on how their warm up routine is going, or they'll be doing something that you just sort of go, "Really? Is that is that warming up? Is it? Or are you just making it look like you're doing something?" Um, bless him, Avin Bola uh, was out there at like during injury time, but still going <laughs> through the through his stretches and going through little like short, sharp sprints and things like that. And, and I just remember thinking... It's committed to it. Is, is, is there ever been a more pointless warm-up for a substitute? <laughs> you've ever, I, only, I only say that because it was in injury time. You know, we were waiting for the final whistle to blow. <laughs> there yeah. was no way that he was coming on, even if, you know, even if, I didn't think we'd even used all of our subs. So again, it was just like, why? Why, why are you doing this? <laughs> I mean, there's obvious reasons. I don't, don't, don't stop doing it. Did, but poor yeah, Ryan Haynes. Was just like, it was Ryan well, Haynes though as well. He's made that spot his own over the last. Not few right months. at that time. No, no. Ryan Haynes had, had, you know, it got to the point where all the subs had been used, or you know, it was too late in the game, and he was never mm. going to get on. He'd gone and resigned himself to sitting back down on the bench. <laughs> I think. Poor Ryan. Put oh, a blanket yeah. over his legs. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How was uh, old Springer, Springit, when he came on? Because didn't really see much of him on the highlights. Always one shot that he came on, but there's, the reports I've seen were that he was potentially the one positive-ish thing to come out of it. He looked fairly lively. Um, or, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there was anything else to add to that one highlight, personally, um, that you've that you've seen that was probably the only thing that he really managed to do but I mean it was every single player didn't have a great game Mm. so you know you can't single anybody out for being worse than anyone else I don't think I think collectively it was just yeah very it's weird isn't it we go we go through these games and it does always seem to be all or nothing. It's if yeah. one cog is down, all the other cogs don't work either. It's not like we have a time mm-hmm. when, oh, there's one standout player who's awful or one standout player that's really good. It seems to be everyone's amazing or everyone just falls apart because one yeah. cog is missing or not not the right thing. And again, we don't want to single out Honda Mark, but it's just not his game to do that. And unfortunately, he's been shoved in there to, to try and do that job and it's not worked. Um and it just seems to have a knock-on effect on everyone else. It's very, very weird. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I did think, because unfortunately, I I think with Spring it, it wasn't long after he'd come on that McGowan went off. And therefore, Lintock came on 
and therefore we then had an incredibly attacking right-hand side. <laughs> and I think almost, looking back on it, I wonder whether when you've got such an attacking fullback as Harvey Lintot playing, you don't necessarily want a really attacking winger in front of him because they're kind of counteract they're both making the same runs in the attacking positions or they're both wanting to run with the ball in that attacking position maybe and if McGowan had been you know not got injured would that have been a firmer foundation to allow spring it to go and you know really run at their defense and things was was there I mean I'm probably thinking far too much about it but that was actually well, my initial thought was just to go, oh, we've got a very attacking right-hand side now. But then afterwards, I kind of thought, has that been a detriment to spring it? I mean, I don't think he had an awful game or anything like that. I thought he showed some some good sparks. He's definitely got pace and he will definitely get the ball into the box. But we obviously need to have the rest of the, the players on the on the ball to be able to get the best out of him. And so, yeah, it's, it's very difficult to determine and make a judgment on him based yeah, on that difficult. game. Yeah. Ah, oh, dear. Dear, dear, dear. That sums it up very, very well, dear, Danny. Dear, I dear. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Dear, oh, dear. Dear, dear, oh, dear. Well, <sighs> right, um, deadline day on Wednesday, though. Deadline it is. Yeah. Do you know what? When you said before, oh, we need to do something before Wednesday. I was thinking, why? What's special about Wednesday? <laughs> but it's trying to do Yeah, I'm getting are my you... carrots coming out. I was going to say, are you getting the carrot out? Yeah. Not a euphemism. No. Uh, it was very quiet last time, wasn't it? For me, my carrot. But... It was. Mm. And I, I still think it's going to be quiet this Wednesday. I don't think that anybody should be getting exciting, I excited think about this. we can pull something out of the bag. I think, I we, think, might, be... I think we might get one. I think John yeah. Brady is going to go to Calvin with his new contract and say, look, you trust me with this. Give me one. Mm. Give me one. An old timer. I, I think, I mean, it doesn't fit. This is the only thing is it doesn't fit the John Brady mold. It doesn't. To go and get I've... like an Ian Taylor or, <laughs> you know, an maybe Cormac. Maybe a, an equivalent to David Norman then in the midfield. Someone on a free who just comes in. And no one knows anything about him, but he ends up being a saviour to that position. Yeah. The, the thing is, uh, the, 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 it almost works against us, our league position in terms, in Kelvin's terms, I guess, doesn't it? Because like, we're up in the top half of the table. He's probably thinking like, you know, see the season out, we're not going down. Knock on wood. But where's the ambition, um, Danny? But, it, but yeah. And I, I want to see us finishing the top half. I want to, like, that's a, a thing for fans, I think, right? You want to yeah. see us do the best we it's can. Me. I think if, if we can... I like personally. I feel like it, one player for this six months would be really important, just to try and get us over that line and to try and keep keep going. What's been an amazing season because it's been so good. Like Charlton last Tuesday night, amazing. What a night again! Um, mm. So many good memories of this season. So like, I just don't want it to peter out, and I don't think this result on its own is going to make it peter out. And probably no. like back to back with like, if we don't win at Portsmouth, it's not going to make it peter out. It's it's just you want that that little bit of. Yeah, just one more, I think. One more. Come on, Calvin. Get, come get, on, Calvin. Come on, Calvin. Get checkbook out, man. Come yeah. on. Didn't come bowling, I... did he? So maybe you can spend that money. It was going to spend <laughs> on the bar <laughs> I 
I, I think that you talking about, you know, 10th place or, you know, being in the top 10, being a thing for fans. I think also, because it is for me, I, I, I would love to finish in the top 10. Mm, but like top half, I'd like that. Like, yeah, well, no yeah, one, I no would, one would have thought you know, about top half at the start of the season. But my, my thing with this, though, is that I think it's also really good for the club when it comes yeah, to, yeah. you know, the transfer window in the summer. Mm. You're now not, you know, you're now not fishing in the pool and saying, you know, we're looking to, you know, we we did really well to stay up this season and therefore, you know, come and be a part of that. You're you're actually going, we finished in the top 10 last season. You want to come to us because we're going somewhere and, you know, we're looking to, you know, potentially go, go, go a step further than that, yeah. you know. I mean, if you're that's, fishing in a pool, that's then it, that's your first mistake. I'm gonna say, you, <laughs> if you're going down Dane's camp and get your fishing rod out, that's not going to get anything. <laughs> All right, but, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's just it's yeah. it's a player essentially to get us through to the end of the season in the in the Salby slash McWaza role. And the good thing is, over the last couple of months, Tyree Simpson's pushed on and made him made up less of a problem to get a striker in or a number 10 in it's more yes. urgency to get the the defensive midfielder in isn't it now especially considering john brady after the game saying it's you know looking likely for a month for a lot of them which is concerning here's a thought danny hilton defensive midfielder <laughs> he's one of the injured isn't he? Well, I mean, I mean, it's come strange on, things you about need to earn this money that we've been paying you for the last two years. <laughs> just, we, get we in don't, there, right? You're not scoring anything, so let's just you know sit think, back, be the anchor, just sit in front of John Guthrie, have a chat. I don't it, it mind, but but didn't work for at, Wayne Rooney. Raw like a scary tiger <laughs> at, at the opposition for us. Win your free kicks in there. It didn't work for Wayne Rooney. It's not going to work for Danny Hill, and I don't think. It's, do you remember uh, Wayne Rooney did that for England back in the day? It's, I mean, you say it didn't work. I don't think it worked. Did it work? Well, it, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't work. Well, yeah, it didn't work. Fair enough. All no. right, then let's take a break on that note, shall we? Because I think we all need to go recharge our uh, our defensive midfield batteries. Get him in. Uh, we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to It's All Cobblers to Me. I hope that you enjoyed that break and uh, you're not expecting us to get any more coherent uh, because it probably won't happen, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> uh, we ask, as we all do, always do, uh, for your three-word reviews after Saturday's game. And um, we had loads, absolutely loads. Danny, I don't know if you noticed this, but I also put it on Facebook for the first time. I did see that, yeah. Enjoy and. That. My word, the amount of responses we got was incredible. So um, if you're new to the podcast because you found us through our three-word review post, then welcome. So happy welcome. that you could join us. Um, I'm going to read out some of them now. Um, just for um, transparency, I'm only going to read the ones out from Twitter. Um, now, the only reason, or X... Uh, the only reason for that is that it's the only one I've got up in front of me right now, and there's plenty of them to go through. I've so, spotted one as we well, go. which is not going to go down well with me, but, you know, carry Oh, on. okay, right. Uh, stay tuned for that one, folks. Let's <laughs> see if we can guess which one it is as we go. Uh, Rodney Marshall. Hello, Rodney. Uh, Post Valley Flat Battery. There we go. There, straight in. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, that is definitely four words, Rodney. Um, yeah. Even though that is hyphens post valley, that's still four words. Yeah. And it's put a whole oh, sentence after it as well. Come on, Rodney. Yeah, you know better than that. Fair on. play to Shrewsbury too. Thought they were excellent. I think they were good. But there you go. Rodney, you had it read out anyway, despite it being a three-word review. Thank you for joining in. Uh, Adam Treen, Lord Mayor's show. Uh, I'm presuming we have to word have to add the word after, but we can only do that in our heads. Yeah. True. Uh, was that you doing interrupted. it? said Emmy. That was me doing it in my head, yes. Uh, Emmy said, dreams are interrupted. I like that one. It's very good. Karen said, let's move on. Andrew Bass, one to forget. Karen never got going. A frustrating day, said Carl. Just not there, said Rob Duncan. Uh, you were there, Rob. He I was. I was going to say, I saw a photo of him there. Uh, <laughs> Sir Peddy said, what was that? I agree. <laughs> Uh, a game of football is what it was, unfortunately. Uh, Bilzy said, thought might happen. Um, never in it, Patrick. Not very good, said Dave. Uh, ninth stays up. I've gone early with it, Danny. I've, I've gone, gone early, early with that's, it. That's, Chris, yeah, not, ninth not stays up. I'm going early with it because I needed to inject some optimism into <laughs> this. Uh, I might go back to it to end on a high as well. Uh, <laughs> Jojo said, didn't show up. Shrewsbury were better, said Mr. Grumpy NTFC. Craig West, that was terrible. Um, and I'm going to finish on this one, actually. It's from Katrina Perry. My cat. Uh, I believe that with this, she's asking us to blame somebody. Right. Because she yeah. wrote, Mum was back. <laughs> so uh. basically, what, what Kat is saying there, Kat's, Kat's mum for manager... Uh, hashtag on Twitter uh, is that because her mum was back, we lost. So there you go. Get out, cat's mum. Three word reviews, yeah. everyone. I'm not going through all of them because they are very, very much similar, aren't yeah. they? And, you know, there are lots of them that are about, you know, just not having been very good. Mm. And uh, come on, we're here to entertain. Place. I've got the Facebook ones if you want a couple from Facebook. Oh, all right then. Go oh, on then, Darren. Um, you got David Facebook, Rutt. Let's, let's have some. David Rutt says, not world beaters. Alan Draymond Pestle says, oh, Shrews. What a name. Yeah. Shrews Tame Cobblers. There you oh, go. Alan. Um, Mark Crilly, surprisingly bad game. Roddy Denton says, the Saints won. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> L Barneswood said Burge deserved MOTM and he's put it in brackets. That's technically three words, but no, it's not. Well, no, it's not. It's get out. Now come back. We need our listeners. Um, yeah. So there's just a few of the facey B ones. Yeah. So yeah. thank you very much for joining in um, after the game, every game over on X and now on Facebook as well. Join in. Yeah, Give us your we'll, three word reviews. Maybe we might get in TikTok game. eventually. TikTok, TikTok. Well, Matt Salmons wants us to do some TikToking. Does he? Wait. He does. I've told him that he needs to go and do it for us. <laughs> <laughs> We're at least at least ten years old, too old to do it. Yeah. I think, Danny. I think it might reject our application if we tried to. Do, do you think? Yeah. <laughs> we'll like take our profile pictures and they'll be like, no, not allowed, not allowed in here. No, not no. allowed that one. It's not like when you go that one. trying to get into Pop World or something. No, these days. Oh, don't. <laughs> vodka revs well, it's a... vodka revs love it <laughs> absolutely love it 
Oh, dear. I'm trying to think of all the places I went out in Northampton in oh, my youth. And Chicago all closed now. Barmed, Barmed's still there. Barmed, yeah. I don't think so. Um, Chicago's definitely there. gone. I know it. NB's is there. NB's, NB's will never die, there. will it? Never die. <laughs> it's like a part of the furniture. It's like the lift tower. Yeah. You know you're in Northampton when NB's is open. Yeah. Um, a bit of Charles go. Bradlaw before the night, before we start. Nice. <laughs> start and end. Yeah. Start and end. Of I got the... kicked out of the Charles Bradlaw garden once, or carried out by a bouncer. Why out of the garden? Sorry, that was very no, we specific. Were in, yeah, we were, we were drinking in the beer garden, and I fell in the bush, as you do. And not like you. My last memory has been <laughs> my last memory has been carried out of it. Enjoyable <laughs> At least time. You remembered getting carried out. I, I don't remember a lot. To be, I think <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure it was the night before I went to uni, and I just turned up at uni completely, oh just word. dead to the world. Oh, bless you. That's a long, long journey as well to make with a hangover or still being drunk. Mm. Northampton to Southampton. Yeah. Wow. It was. There you go. There you go. Um, should we go post bagging? Yeah, straight in. To the post, to the post. Get your comments and thoughts to the post. We're ready and willing to read out your scribbling. So get them all into the post, to the post. To the post, get your comments and thoughts to the post. Put pen to the paper, do it sooner, not later, and get it all into the post. Get it in. Now, Charles, we have got a very, very long one from Melly. Okay. Which I don't know if you want to do now or another time, but it is we'll a, do it it's, now. It's story time with Melly. We'll, we'll do it now. I'll tell you what we'll do, because it's so long, mm. we'll do Melly's, then we'll have a break, and then we'll okay. come back and do the rest of it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yes. Let's um, go for it. In, do you want me to read it? Yes, please. I'm not reading that. I will fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's very intelligent, as you we come to expect from Melly, of course. Um, Melbourne Cobbler. He says, listened to the pod, and as you may perhaps expect, I was most interested in the comments regarding the fan advisory board. It's no secret that the conduct of some members of the trust board and their collective decision making on behalf of the membership has been a massive issue for me as a life member. I thought the commentary was fair and encompassed most issues. However, in my opinion, there was an omission which needs to be brought to the table regarding the trust's exclusion. There's been an enormous amount of opinion expressed on both sides regarding the trust's relationship with the club. Additionally, the motives of many have been questioned as well, again, on both sides. As a result, this has obviously become a highly emotive subject regarding the club we love. There are a few balanced Impartial opinions surrounding the whole saga discussed, but it shouldn't be forgotten that one exists. The judge presiding in the judicial review summarised that it was reasonable for the council to suspect that the Sildara bid was not genuine and was a spoiler tactic. The judge gave some compelling reasons for this, but if this is the case, it was probably part of an attempt to force the owners to walk away from the club. That means other interested parties may have been able to purchase the club and land lease issues aside at a reduced price. The trust themselves were a partner of Sildara, so it's also responsible to suspect that the board or the trust or certain members and advisors of it were also part of any scheme to remove the owners by less than reputable means. Now that is not from not some internet forum opinion, an emotive outburst from a fan or an opinion from someone inside the club. This was the conclusion of the judiciary, no less, following a very thorough presentation and scrutiny of the facts 
Despite this, the board of the trust has made absolutely no attempt to explain the extent of the involvement or to justify the decisions taken to separate or exonerate themselves from the conclusions of the judicial review. That is, despite the process costing the club's owners literally millions and had the very potential to drive them out of the club. Yet somehow the expectation was that the club should ignore the suspicions raised from the conclusions of the judicial review and were expected to welcome value and consider any opinions the trust board may have impartially and may have had impartially and with as much gravity as any other supporter. I'm sorry, but until the trust board disclose exactly what took place, the decision making process and address the conclusions of the judicial review, which they are subject by definition, the trust board have no right to demand involvement in the FAB and right to criticise anyone, especially Tom Cliff. Until the Trust Board offer up a full and frank disclosure of events, my opinion is that the current members of the Trust Board have no business being at the ground, let alone as part of any committee influencing club decision-making. The clue is in the name, Advisory Board. Is the expectation really that they're going to be part of the group set up to advise the club whilst those suspicions exist, with all the consequences that entails, and should those suspicions be confirmed as true? The bottom line is, if the club accepts their money at the gate, then they are to to some extent extent accepting of the conduct. As I said to Charles personally and to Neil, as, and as Neil also pointed out on the pods, the club have a wider consideration to the staff who had worked so tirelessly to raise the profile of the club in the eyes of the community and the wider support. And this is continually affected by the organisation who it seems may have attempted to destroy that work and put the club into the hands of persons unknown. After all, what does one imagine it's like for Tom Cliff to look up in the stand and see those faces that often ridicule and belittle him staring back down at him? An emotion I would think that's not exclusive to Tom. So in my opinion, there's a principle involved in taking their money at the gate. And personally, until they explain and justify their conduct, they have no business being at the club in any form, let alone as part of the advisory board. Sorry for the rant, but the hypocrisy, ludicrous assumptions and naivety of these individuals is relentless and astounding. I should just add, this also came at a risk to the taxpayer. What if the owners did walk and Sildara didn't follow through with the deal to buy the land? The judge felt it was reasonable for the council to consider that eventuality a risk. So the council could have lost the deal as well, and as a result, the taxpayer. So it's important that the trust board disclose what took place and their part in it, because that's also in the public interest. And that right there is where the board's cowardly defamation threat collapses, because that alone is a defence for defamation under UK law. The end. The end. There we go. Thank you, Melly. Thank you, uh, Melly. Yeah, no. yeah. Appreciate Melly uh, typing all that and, and sending that over. It's yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah, it's um, um, yeah. A lot of stuff in there, but a lot of important stuff in there. I think for for sure. Um, and uh, one that's yeah. just going to rumble on. I feel like. I think so. I, I mean, it's it's hard. It's hard for me because I, I and I've said this to a few people over the last week or so, but I try and see as much as I can. You know, it, within the grey. You know, mm. there's an awful lot. I think, and this is a societal thing mm. at the moment. Um, not just you know at this particular level that things are for some reason seemed as either being black or white and and Mm. they rarely, if ever are. So I try and, you know, see from both sides or, you know, try and work. Basically what I try and do is, is, is ignore the, the fluff, 
ignore the kind of bits that are, you know, emotional and or emotive, I think was the word that, that Melly actually used in the, in mm-hmm. his letter. Um, and just try and stick to the facts of it all and just try and see, right, what's actually gone on. Because I, I, I do think that there are, there's a lot of chaff essentially that you've got to wade through in order to get to the actual, this is what is happening and this is what's going on. I think Melly makes a very, very good point in the fact that the judicial review did, you know, or the judge did lay down, you know, their, their opinions and, and, the judge, uh, you would imagine, is you know the most impartial kind of person that you could get for anything like this. Because I highly doubt that they really n- know anything about Northampton Town Football Club, let alone care about them. Um, so they're going to look at just the facts and just go and, yeah. and give their review and their their decisions based on facts. They're not going to listen to any of the the chaff as I, as I called it before. And, you know, there was some pretty damning stuff in there, not just about, you know, what Melly's talking about here, but about the Sildara bid in itself, you know, as Melly pointed out there, but also uh, lots of other sort of stuff that was in there was, was highly critical of, you know, what was going on throughout that whole period of time. And I, I think really, if you look at it and you read it, with some knowledge of what's going on around it, then then it's pretty hard to ignore and to expect things to just go on as they were. Um, I think just going back to one point that um, that Melly sort of made, and I know he was making this about you know whether the trust should have an expectation to be able to join in. I, I, I want to not ignore that bit, but I want to just sort of look at the bit where you know Melly said about the you know advisory board and the word advisory he said the clue is in the name mm-hmm. um you know i don't think anybody that's actually involved in the fab is necessarily going to be making decisions mm. you know it, yeah. it's yeah. from what i can deduce from it and i i don't have any further information on it than what was in the press release from the football club but you know it's basically going to be a group uh that can you know basically share their opinions and that and that's it you know at no point have the club turned around and said we will take those opinions and we will run with them or or the opposite which is to just throw them in the bin you know so it it isn't a thing where like me or you Danny are going to be turning up and and going right this Let's, is what you should do, yeah. Yeah, do this because this is what we want because that's mm. that's not likely to happen at all. So, um, yeah, there is that. Um, I think in the uh, interests of, of trying to balance this a little bit now, just before we go to a break, um, one thing that did happen that I thought was very, very good was that um, the... Uh, there, there was at the game on Saturday, there was a group of, I, and I'm going to just double check this and I'm going to get it up on, on Twitter because this is where I actually saw it. Um, let me just go to the tweet that I found. Um, yes, there was a group of uh, children from Northampton's Ukrainian community mm-hmm. that were taken to Sixfields on Saturday to enjoy hospitality prior to the game. 
uh, and they got to meet Clarence, etc. And uh, uh, judging by the uh, the tweet, this was organised by uh, the NTFC Supporters Trust. Um, it actually says that um, there was a, a a sponsor as well of that event, which was uh, Bob Clark. So thank you very much uh, to him from the trust, by the looks of this, for for doing that. Um, really, really good stuff there. Uh, I know former board member. Bill was actually in attendance, I presume, uh, kind of like representing the trust board at that event. So well done on that respect, because that's a really good thing. And actually, the mm. thing that I would like to say about that is more of that, please. Yeah. More of that kind of thing from the supporters uh, trust, because that's it, obviously a good thing. And like it comes down to the the end of the day as well. Again, they're still coming to matches, like like you said, they're still coming to to try and show some sort of support in some way to the club and to the, you know, to the team essentially, because it's in their blood and that that's what all of this should come back to. And the end of the day, whoever, whatever groups coming onto this board, it's, it all comes back to the main thing we've all got in common is we want the cobblers to do well. And we want them to like, it's in our blood, it's in our history. It's, you know, it's in our family kind of thing. That's where everything should come back to not, to have an agenda of this is why I want to join this board because I want to push this and push this, you know, what we want and our point of view. And we want to be there to, to try and get this over. It's, it's a case of let's all work together for the good of our club. And I, I just, yeah, I don't, I just don't get that feeling with the, the trust at the moment that we could, that, that they could kind of contribute that level without, I, I just, I don't trust them ironically to send people who aren't going to come with that agenda and hopefully they could and prove us wrong. But because of all, because all of the stuff that Melly makes great points about is, is, you know, they have lost the trust of a lot of people and th- this kind of thing could be a, a, a way to bring them back into that. But it, 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 it takes a long time to rebuild that, um, mm. that thing. Definitely. So. Brilliant. Right. Yeah. Well, let's take uh, another break. Uh, while you're listening to these ads, why not remember that you can go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me and listen to the podcast without the ads that you're now going to listen to. Back in a moment. Welcome back to It's All Cobblers to Me. We are currently knees deep in the knees post deep. bag. Knees deep. Uh, I'm going to repeat that. Um, we've got some more in here, haven't we, Danny? These ones, a little bit more fun, let's say. But thanks, Melly. I enjoyed it. I I thought Melly's was lots of fun. um, Do you know what, though? I will say this, is that we've had a bit of a... uh, a, 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 I asked some of our patrons, like, what do you enjoy? Um, You know, and and what do you think we should do with the pod if we were going to make any changes and things like that? And one of the things that that came back was essentially that I was maybe asking the wrong people. So if you're not a member of our Patreon, but you know, I I would love to hear your views um, on the podcast and what you think we can make better. And it might be to do with, you know, the post bag and and what kind of things that we actually read out, or it might be about not to say that no one's uh, opinion is is invalid, by the way, I just mean in terms of the uh, eclectic, stuff that we get in like the next one that you're going to do is is obviously not really cobblers related but it is a great question that i I really love um but yeah if you have got anything that you want to tell us about why you enjoy the podcast or if there are certain aspects of it that you think could be better then drop me an email podcast at cobblers to me.com honestly all your feedback would be very very welcome at this moment in time but yeah sorry danny i interrupted 
That's Let's right. go to this great question. Yeah, before I do that, I've gotten one of those types of email in, actually, Charles, a bit of feedback. Um, mm. From an A. Hoskins, it says, of course, please, it. could you bring back, bring back Name That Bench? And he sent it 40 times. Does that count as 40 votes to bring back <laughs> Name That Bench? Uh, I'm assuming, though, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> bowling champion Matt Sammons says, <laughs> Dear Neil, what takes the most skill? A nine data, a hole in one, or a one four seven snooker break. I don't think I've ever tried any of those. Oh, really? Maybe in crazy golf. Actually, I probably tried it, haven't I? Because obviously, you, you play darts. You, you're always trying to do it, but yes, <laughs> never achieving it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what what tastes the most skill? I well, we were actually talking about this at uh, the the Patreon meetup. Yeah. Um, and I think, well, I think most people agreed that the most difficult, the one that takes the most skill out of all of them is a 147 in snooker. Really? The reason being for that is that to make a 147 break, you've got to pot every red followed consecutively by a black and then all the colours. So that's that's... A fairly long or reasonably long time at the table mm. to hit every single shot well enough to make sure you're lined up on the next ball mm. to make sure you can then get another black ball potted to then go back to another red. Whereas, and you know, it's not to say that they aren't, there isn't a skill in, in the other two at all. There are, but I think that a hole in one, it's one strike. You only get the one chance, you know, bang, done. It's either done or it's not. And you get, yeah. if you're playing a round of 18, you've got 18 chances to do it, right? Whereas, maths, yeah. yeah, thanks. And a nine data is, again, it's just less time trying to trying to do it. And if you've ever played darts, then you know that once, and I'm not saying over a nine dart, because you obviously have to stop and let the other person throw their darts every three throws, right? But once you've got your your eye in and you've got your throw going, it's very easy to not very easy, but but it's easier to keep going in that same place. At least over yeah, the three darts that you throw. So on the basis of a one four seven, you've got to be at the table for longer. And it it it's there's 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 far more that can basically go wrong to knob you over. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell I'm tired. Uh, that's a harder. Skill. Yeah, you got to line up, get all the angles in, and yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, fair. I think I think I agree with that. Um, yeah. Yestin Pocock has been in touch. She says, "Dear Neil, do you think the Saints are taking it a bit far with their stealing of our chance slash hashtags? I'm all for them borrowing it every now and then, but at this point, it feels like they're trying to steal ownership. A member of the OG." He says. I think I think you have to also read the emojis. Oh, actually. sorry, the OG shoe army. Yes, right, yeah, is that an army? Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I presume the the, the hat the is hat. like an army hat. Yeah, yeah. Um, Saints taking it a bit too far with stealing of chance slash well, hashtag. Well, this comes from them singing fields of green, doesn't it? Yeah, banging their boots I, and sing, yeah. I see. This is something that has come into uh, rugby especially in the last couple of years. So the Saints have been doing this for, what, maybe the last 
Well, this season, definitely. I think they might have done it at the back end of last season as well. Uh, Everybody knows. Well, maybe not everybody, but you certainly know. I live in Warrington. The Warrington Wolves are the big sports team in town in Rugby League and Super League. They have been doing... A exactly the same thing, banging boots against you know the big sort of plastic, whatever it is, uh, box type thing in the changing room, and singing after a victory, and it being posted as a video on social media afterwards for a good three, four years now. Um, So it's not anything necessarily new from that. I. I see the, I I like it personally. I think it's great. And I think while I sort of, I understand where some people, yes, and included are like, that's our song. That's the cobbler's song. You're just stealing it and using it. I mean, it's been sung at the cricket for years by fans and, Mm -hmm. you know, then cricketers as well afterwards um, for a while. The Saints doing it. I personally don't have a problem with it. The thing that I have a thing with is almost a question of why aren't the cobblers doing it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. And the only thing that I can come up with as a valid, maybe it's not even, I don't necessarily mean valid actually, but the only thing I can come up with is that for some reason, football is it would almost look at that kind of thing and go, well, we don't do that. We'll get pelters for doing uh, that within our own need, community. Yeah, and I mean, I think, when I say our own community, I mean the community of football, mm. not the cobblers and, and Northampton town fans. But See, I, it, I feel like there's characters in this squad who would do that. Like if any squad were going to do it, it would be this one. Yeah, I, I agree. I've got, you know, I don't disagree with that. But I, I also think that there's maybe this thing that they would, that, that these lads would kind of go, that's lame. I'm not doing that. No. Mm. And, yeah, I, maybe. I, you know, <laughs> and that saddens me a little bit, if that's true. You, you know, I'm not I'm not saying I know that for a fact, but that, that's the impression that I kind of get as football of a whole, not just mm. our players. But, I, yeah, I just get this feeling that it's almost like you never, or you very rarely. I think the only time we've ever seen it was Billy Walter, Billy Waters, sorry, <laughs> doing his like uh, I nearly called it an indoctrination song. Then what's the what's induction, the thing that yeah. induction song? Yeah. Um, you never see those apart from that one time going out on social media. It's kept in house, right? Mm. It's, uh, and I think with football. There is this whole thing of like what happens in the changing room stays in the changing room. You know, managers, that's the place where they actually hand out the bollockings and then they go out in the press and they they basically deflect and don't really give the answers and, and, and certain, well, nine times out of ten, don't throw the players under the bus. Mm. It's kept within the four walls of the changing room. And I, I wonder but whether it, that's a part. It might, it might just be a simple thing of they're not allowed the phones in the changing room though that, that, for, to film it in the first place. Well, that's it, not the, the Saints media team are filming, are filming that and mm, putting it out. Well, maybe they didn't want, maybe they don't want the media team in the changing rooms. I, I wouldn't want Jamie Duncan in the changing room either. <laughs> I'll be honest. If I was getting naked after and being all sweat, I would, the last person that I would want is Jamie Duncan because he'd laugh at me. Yeah, not again, Jamie. Get out. No, stop it, Jamie. It's bad enough <laughs> in the swimming pool. Uh, <laughs> um, 
I think there's like a little bit of a deeper issue as well of, between Cobblers and Saints in terms of Cobblers fans not necessarily being on board with the Saints doing well. And I, I definitely used to fall in that camp, but I think maybe as I've got older, it feels like I see it more as a positive when they do well. Like I think they're top of the league, aren't they, at the minute? And mm-hmm. I get, I, I really like that feeling around town when there was a, there was that derby game, wasn't there, on that Friday night when Saints were playing and That's the Cobblers were playing mm-hmm. on the Friday night, and the town was just completely buzzing. And I love yeah. that kind of feeling of it. And you know, if Saints do well, Cobblers doing well, it's a great, great feeling for the town. So. I, th- I think there's a little bit of a part of that in in the Cobblers fans not being too happy about it as well because there's still that th- little I, bit of an undercurrent in there. Of, you know. I think it goes both well, ways, you know. I don't think you can just lumber that on Cobblers fans like mm. being that way towards the Saints. They're, yeah. For a long time, there's also been yeah. a bit of a, you know, almost looking down their noses at us at times, I felt. <laughs> and look, I'm I'm someone that has never been what you were saying. Um, you know, I've always, always looked at the Saints results and and wanted them to do well. And I'll watch them when they're on the TV. You know, I mean, I've not been to watch them live since I was a kid, but I mean, you know, I, I always want to see them do well and, and like the fact that they're, they're winning at the moment. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I just, I don't know, there's, there's, cause, because there's this thing where, you know, you're listening. If you listen to Radio Northampton after the game, you know, as soon as the game's finished, you get in the car put the radio on usually by the time you get back to the car they're they're basically actually talking to phil dowson or whoever and he is uh you know the first question he tends to ask if they've kicked off at the same time is did the cobblers win you know yeah, john, it, john brady asked that as well doesn't he yeah and vice versa and i think that is that is great but you know i i just um with with, with the i i want i want to see our lads do it basically come on get the songs out lads come on come on Come on, Guthers, round them up. Hmm. Uh, Ryan, should we have? Okay, no, go on. On. no, no, go. On. I was, I was just going to say, should we have one more? And, uh, and then oh, it's just one bed, more. I think just one more. Okay, oh, this is. Pressure. I mean, you've said Ryan Elger's name now. You can't not read him out. <laughs> Ryan Elger's just asked, uh, dear Neil, is it time to have a conversation on, on whether EFL grounds need under soil heating, with four games in two seasons off for frozen pitches? Uh, who's going to pay for it? Uh, Mr. EFL or Mrs. EFL? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think that'll ever be something that that is possible to happen, just because it's of the cost expensive. Involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But put, um, put under soil heating in your house, and then tell me that you definitely need it. Yeah, I liked this other one from yesterday as well. Okay, he's. he's he says, dear Neil, it's been 20 years since Man United and a certain Mr. Ronaldo, not the fat one, came to Sixfields. He went on to become the third best player in the world after Hoskins and Messi. But is he the <laughs> best player to grace the Sixfields turf? If not, who is? Oh, good question. Yeah. It's a great question. I mean, the, we had a little bit of discussion on Slack about this as well, mm-hmm. which I, I I wasn't impressed with him at the time. I remember thinking Kieran, Kieran Richardson came off the bench and did a much better job than Ronaldo <laughs> and thinking, oh, you know, that Kieran Richardson's going to be a decent player. Ronaldo, he seemed like he was in his step over stage of, you know, I'm just going to do a few tricks and stuff. And I, I just didn't, wasn't massively up with the hype of what he was. But surely there's no one else who's gone on to become anything anywhere near what he's become. In terms no. of a player, Gianfranco Zola was incredible in that friendly yes. for Chelsea. Uh, but in terms of, you know, ongoing best player in the world, surely there's not. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, this is the thing, though, is we look at Ronaldo, and we obviously saw him in 2003, mm-hmm. very near the beginning of his career at United. And he went on to much bigger and better things, didn't he, in terms of his career. Um, but there are plenty of players that have graced the Sixfields turf who already were superstars and world beaters and brilliant players. Um, Ibrahimovic played for United yeah, against us. Yeah, did. That was, you know, and Zlatan. Zlatan at Sixfields. Zlatan That's will incredible. Tell you, Zlatan will tell you himself that he was the best player to ever grace any turf. The world. The yeah, world. Just the ever earth. step into the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, I mean, Zola, I agree. Definitely. Zola was just ridiculous. D- David Ginola. Oh, Yes. I mean, I think the conversation stops at Ginola, I'll be honest. Oh, what a man. I mean, unless you're going to mention the fact that Darren Anderson also played in that game. Yeah, well, which, missed, he did miss not. a penalty though, didn't he? Yeah, but I mean, look at his hair. Look at his hair. Beautiful. I would look at his hair all day. Exactly. exactly. And I do sometimes. Um, there we go. Is that <laughs> the post bag? We've still got some in there, but I'll leave them in there for next time because we've got a few yeah. in there. I've moved one. I've moved one from Malcolm Butler. Malcolm, if you're listening, I've moved your question to the League One Lounge, which is Ooh. available for patrons. Patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me for the League One Lounge. So, Malcolm, I've moved your question there. So, we'll, we'll get to that at some point. Um, Lovely. Yes. Um, NTFC Women, no game this week, Charles. Uh, okay. Yes. No game. I did see that the devs lost to Kettering. And the reason why I bring this up, the reason why I bring this up, Danny, mm. Abby Bruin scored the winner for Kettering. Of course she did. <laughs> there you go. The Brewster back on yeah. the pod. There she, she is. She might have moved clubs, but there she is appearing on It's All Comments today. <laughs> Love it. Um, it just yeah. had to happen, didn't it? It did have to happen. I mean, yeah, that's a ringer, surely, to get. Three years. That's a ringer to get Abby in against the devs, isn't it? Oh, I mean, it that. was Kettering's first team against. Oh, it was devs, okay. In the fine, league. Yeah. It was a okay, league game. Right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they therefore the devs' unbeaten run mm. comes to an end. Um, it does. But what can you, you expect when you go up against the Brewdog? Exactly, the Brewdog will yeah. always get you. She um, will. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Notts the, the County first, away on Sunday. Yeah, first team back in action. Notts County away, two o'clock yeah. Sunday. Back in the league, Notts County just above the uh, relegation zone and I believe the return fixture with Notts County might be at sixes um, which is fun get that in there so, uh, looking forward yes. to that so yeah hopefully back to winning ways next weekend should be a good one fab brilliant okay lovely stuff thank you very much Danny that is all for this week uh, as we've said numerous times you can get more from us at patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me including the aforementioned league one lounge uh, Danny and I will go through the rest of the League One action. And you can also join our fabulous community of Cobblers fans on our Slack channel. We're back on Friday with the preview show. Danny will be looking ahead to the game with Portsmouth with a Pompey fan. For now, though, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Way! There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The Cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. Sports Social Podcast Network.